is party time, Mom. Welcome to another episode of the Chad Prather Show. Guess who is sitting at the helm of the mothership, which is Studio 22? The puppet master, Mark, and Candice, the queen of the Ethiopians. Look at him over there. Look at him just looking like just two young, vibrant. Put the camera on yourself. Just two young, vibrant individuals ready to take the world by storm if it doesn't end by climate change. God bless yeah. youth. Yeah. It's wasted on the young. It really is. Speaking of speaking of old codgers, I got three boys that are going to sit in here and hang out with us today in Studio 22. My partners in crime, the boys that are out on the road with me doing the Freedom to Laugh comedy tour. We call ourselves the Eagles of Liberty. Michael Loftus, Reno, Collier, Brian Hayner. We're going to sit down, have a little panel discussion about what is wrong with the world today when it comes to having a good time and, and making fun of things and doing comedy and telling jokes and how the world has just spiraled downward. We're going to talk about a little bit of the history of comedy and things that made it so great. We're also going to remind you of some of your favorite funny people from the days gone by and why it's critical that, that this last bastion, this last defense of the First Amendment, the freedom of speech, is being attacked through comedy. It's an important thing. Uh, we really are heroes, and you can call us that if you want to. I mean, we're, we've never shed any blood or anything. I mean, I've got my thumb slammed in a guitar case one time and it kind of left a little hangnail but let me tell you something i've I, we're still heroes you know because we're out there running our mouths for a living and i can't wait for you to get to know these boys even better because they are legends in their own mind and i love them and we're traveling the roads together we got some fun shows coming up that you're going to get a chance to be a part of in the days ahead especially as we emerge into 2020 or as they call it uh, the Trump election cycle uh, that's going to be coming along in about a year from now. That's right. Are you ready? You registered to vote? You need to be registered to vote. You can do it. It's so simple to do, man. I've had so many people, Candice, who have come to me and they've said, I'm 45 years old, I'm 50 years old, and I've never voted before. And then there were a bunch of people in the last election said, we didn't vote for anybody. You can't do that, people. Come on, man. Think about the stuff you know today that you did not know. You didn't know about the Steele dossier. You didn't know about G Fusion GPS. You didn't know about this Mueller nonsense, the collusion crap, the the, the uh, Cambridge Analytica, Analytica, that's what I said. You didn't know about Facebook stuff with their buying ads in order to influence an election. You didn't know about Ukrainian scandals or the Hunter Biden stuff or China. You'd never heard of Burisma. You didn't know who Peter Strzok or Lisa page where you didn't have a clue who James Comey was. None of this stuff. You would have never heard about 33,000 missing emails. Apparently they were about Hillary Clinton's yoga classes. Think about the stuff Donna Brazile herself said that after they sold out the DNC and snatched the rug out from underneath Bernie Sanders, she was afraid to walk past windows out of fear of getting shot. Listen to me, folks. This a crazy world out there, man. It's a crazy, crazy world. And we got this crazy president sitting up there in the Oval Office, and he's just on the toilet tweeting all this stuff out. And you're learning things, man. You're educating yourself because the swamp is just deeper than we thought it ever was going to be. And it's full of all kind of crazy, weird, colored, odd-shaped bugs. So register to vote. Register to vote. If you don't like Donald Trump, you want him impeached, guess what? You can do that in November of 2020. You can go out and vote for the candidate of your choice. You can even write in Candice, queen of the Ethiopians. She's not old enough to run, but that's America. You can write it in. You can write Chad Prather in. I don't care what you do. Go vote. Go vote. All right? We're going to have fun on today's episode. I want you to hang tight. I want you to be right there. You know why? Because it's party time, Mom. And here we go. <laughs> Thank you. 
Hanging Out Studio 22. Got all of the special guests sitting in here. We're going to have a good time today. Going to have a good time. As you know, we've been out on the road doing this Freedom to Laugh Tour. You can get it at freedomtolaughtour.com. You can go to eaglesofliberty.com. I think you can. You can go to theloftestparty.com. You can go to watchchad.com. RenoCollier.net. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore. And then, <laughs> Hainer, what's your deal? Is it Git Guy? Guitar Guy? Sometimes, yeah. Website? <laughs> website. You have like is, 20. Yeah, BrianHainer.com. BrianHainer.com. Yeah. yeah, okay. You don't have to look at him. He's blind. I know. Yeah, no, it's always sunny in Douchetown. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I caught a bunch of hell. I was at the Louisville Slugger uh, plant there in, obviously, Louisville, Kentucky, and I was going through the, I had some time to kill one afternoon, so I go through the little deal, and they had this uh, dedicated Louisville Slugger baseball bat with Braille on the end of it with for um, uh, Stevie Wonder, right? <laughs> and I was like, what a waste. He couldn't hit <laughs> we did we did an episode of that only in America thing we were there. By the way, I'll never be on Saturday Night Live after this, but we did an episode of the thing. Yeah, this that's what'll do it. No, 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 hold on, wait, no, wait you hear it. Jackass. <laughs> Let me finish the thing. So in, in the show, Cable Guy's walking around and he's trying to find me in the thing, and I'm making the little tiny bats, the little short ones, and I'm sitting there going and I had the goggles on and the guy comes over and cable guy's like what are you doing? I go, I'm making the bats for the Japanese players. It's like, this is what the bats are like this long. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious. Hate mail. Uh, that's so funny. You're so oh, funny. Oh, Reno, Kyle, you're funny. You are very funny. You never be on Saturday Live. So back to where we that's were. Michael funny. Loftus is with us. The Loftus Party. Reno Yo. Collier. You guys know Reno and Brian Hainer, the guitar guy. So we've been out doing a few shows. We've got a few more coming. We're about to be in Brea, California, and Ontario. Both of those are improvs, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're there uh, Wednesday and Thursday night. This is a Tuesday night episode. See, I'm time stamping this thing, Candice, so you don't have a choice. So tomorrow night and the next night, we're down there, Southern California. We got much more stuff coming out as we head into 2020. And we're going to have a good time. But why That's are we doing what we're nuts. doing? Loftus, why are we doing this thing? We want people to have a good time. We don't want people to feel bad about lean and right. We don't want people people feeling bad about wanting smaller government and some kind of uh, equal playing field. We don't want people to feel bad about supporting President Donald J. Trump. Mm. They, I, what the media is trying to do, and my this is me, they're trying to peel us off, you know. So you're sitting in your house, you're all alone. You're like, man, maybe maybe they are right. Maybe it is me because like it's it's the entire media leans left. There was a study recently came out. Only seven percent of journalists identify as Republican. Everybody else is like independent or, or Democrat. So we're just trying to have a good time, have some laughs, roast the left, call out the hypocrisy, laugh our butts off, and just let people feel like there's you know there's a ton of us. There yeah. is a ton of us. And it's, we're not bad people. Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> For me, I think it goes a little deeper than that, too, that, you know, comedy wasn't always freedom of speech. You mm-hmm. know, like Lenny Bruce back in the day, that he got arrested for stuff he said. And then Richard Pryor, George Carlin came along, and we had a nice little 30-year run of comedy was the last bastion of free speech. And now that's over. Now it's like we the, you know, can't do colleges anymore. There's a lot of clubs that won't book us. There's uh, rooms that won't have us because of what we're saying. So for me, it's a little exercise in the First Amendment. I want to know what can and can't we say. It's important. I look at that, and you're right. You take guys like Lenny Bruce who were arrested for it. I mean, these guys did jail time, had to get bailed out after doing a show. I mean, that's when you're going out and you're really willing to risk it to be funny. 
And I kind of love the fact that we've kind of engaged in some of that cancel culture where people have said, no, we don't want to have your show in our club or we refuse to promote it. We showed up in a town the other night and they just had freedom to laugh. That was it. There was no description. There's no posters. Yeah. I mean, we knew right when we were going to call it MAGA country comedy, we knew right off the bat we couldn't do that. Oh, that was like tossing a grenade. It was was fun, though. (laughs) It creates a great narrative. Yeah. If you have a sense of humor, and we do, and thick skin, which we do, where you can go out there and say, look, this is just obvious how they hate the idea that the right can be funny or tell jokes from that perspective from yeah. a conservative value. It's a weird deal. But I support the president. You you guys support the president. We know our convictions. We know where we come from. And uh, those crowds are rabid, you know? And there, there also, the, these other comedians are leaving a ton of material out on the table yeah. that no one's making fun. It's the same jokes every night. You watch late night TV. It's the same. He's orange. Okay. I get it. You know, his hair. Okay. I get, you know, but there's all these people that none they're all afraid to touch. So it's open season. Yeah. You know what I mean? You don't have to worry about someone stealing these jokes because they're too afraid to tell them. <laughs> you know, when you've got Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez out there, just as a, as a constant supply, yeah. she cannot, Turn the the comedy faucet off. What is a garbage disposal? Yeah. Are we not supposed to make fun of that? That this chick doesn't know what a garbage disposal <laughs> right. is? <laughs> right. She can't put her IKEA furniture together. Right? Yeah. Why is she always squatting down? Like you notice that in her Instagram videos, she's always squatted down. That like the things propped up in the corner of yeah. her phone, and she's just squatting there like a like a monkey just down in there. I think it's, it's to show that she's earthy. She's one of us. <laughs> I'm just yeah, like she's you guys. Totally one of I don't even know how to. It's, it's a miracle this thing's even working. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm going to make soup and talk about socialism. I like the video she did where she was dancing on the roof. Yeah, she's yeah. hot. She's yes. a smoke show. Yeah, absolutely. That was like the old that old TV show Fame. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna live like forever. Action, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Baby, but remember my remember. Yeah, but it's it's a, it's a it's a. I, people always say, okay, you guys have to be getting protesters. It's got to be a risky thing. We don't see any of that stuff. We no. don't see any of that stuff. No. People who protest stuff like that do so in their safe space. They do it in Portland, Oregon. They do it in Seattle, Washington. Did you guys see that video the other day where that group of Antifa guys came at that dude in the back alley? And <laughs> yeah. he was the one guy. One guy, yeah. And he beat the hell out of him. <laughs> he just beating them all, just laying them out. Yeah. That was fantastic. That was awesome. <laughs> there was one today where some climate protester got on top of a train in England, and he's like, you know, this train shall not move until we change our ways. And a bunch of British guys are like, get off the train. And he's like reached up and grabbed him and held him down. He's like lucky he got away without getting. Yeah, they're gluing, gluing themselves to airplanes. airplanes. I say just take off. You know? Know. Say, you know, this, this stuff will be over in a week. <laughs> just take off. Or at least rev the engines. Dude, how, right? great would that be? how great would that be if you're on a flight and you look out the window and there's some hippie holding on to the side like... <laughs> freezing to death. What it, you got? It only takes one time. That's right. right? Take yeah. off one time. That's they're exactly done with right. that. But like, like, just rev the engines and, and don't even plan on taking off. Just really run that sucker down. Get it a couple hundred miles an hour and just watch him go through the engine. <laughs> it comes out like a goose, man. Out. Where's Sully at? <laughs> Fix this. Torn up hacky sack. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I love the irreverence of all of it. I really do. And you're right, Reno, because people are leaving things on the table. Like, you can't go out there. Obviously, there's so many. Like, did you see here recently the articles that's coming out? They're really cracking down, like, on Halloween. Like, you can't wear anything. You can't wear any Halloween costume. And there's still one. Candy, see, I'm going to get it for you because I want you to pop it up. I'm proud of it. After they killed Osama bin Laden, I went as dead Osama bin Laden. Like, we used to try to see if we could come up with the worst possible stuff when we would go to Halloween parties over the years. Like, we went, uh, put on a Superman costume and went in a wheelchair. That was a good right, one. Right? Yeah. yeah, the old Christopher Reeves. Yeah, and there, there were some that we, I won't even tell you what we did, but it was just <laughs> bad. But I went as dead Osama bin Laden. I'll get the picture for you. So, I mean, that's the closest I've ever gotten a quote-unquote blackface. Because I tanned up really good, and I had a perfect wound right here in my in my <laughs> Taliban hat, and I walked around with a loudspeaker all night. I <laughs> people were losing their minds because I was just screaming, you know, all this stuff. But now they don't even want kids to dress up anymore. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't be an you can't be a, a, an Indian. You can't be uh, you can't be anything really. Yeah, it's like they don't want people to have fun on Halloween. That's why you just have to push back. Yeah. You know, appropriate yeah, every culture. Well, and once you put something out there, there is no such thing as cultural appropriation. It's just out there, and everybody should be able to share in it and enjoy it. It's like if if you take it to the extreme, then people from Bolivia should not be able to play piano or classical music or fly right. in a plane because they didn't invent that stuff. Right. So you know, where do you draw the line? Where is where where is it just where is it eminent domain? Where is it I'm not eminent public domain? Mm -hmm. And where is it cultural appropriation? It's you, absurd. If you truly believe that we're all equal, then we all make fun of each other equally. That that's part of it. There's no side group. It's it's almost demeaning to a group of people to go. We're, we can't make fun of them. It's like you're too stupid to take up for yourself, or you're too weak to defend yourself. So don't make fun of them. Don't say that. Don't say don't say that about them. It's like. When you have a kid who's off and you're not allowed to make fun of that kid, and they're like, don't don't say that about Timothy. Timothy, you know, he flips out on the bus every once in a while. You know what I mean? And then you're not allowed to say anything about him. Now Timothy's stuck in the corner with no friends because no one's allowed to talk to him. Yeah. And that's what we're doing with groups of people. We're splitting them up. If you're in this country or out of this country or breathing, you're allowed to be made fun of. Get over yourself. It's okay. That's why my big thing always is I refuse to apologize. I'm not going to pull a Kevin Hart, go on Ellen. And apologize. I don't know who made her the gay pope that gets to absolve the gay joke sins or whatever. But, you know, here they are doing that. And I'm not going to apologize. I don't care who you are because as soon as you apologize, you've admitted guilt. And yeah. there's nothing guilty about stereotyping people. What We talk about people watching. You go to the airport. What are you doing? You're stereotyping people. Yeah. You're, that's what that is. You're people watching. And it's okay if you call it people watching. Yeah. But what it is, you're stereotyping. And you're not supposed to do that anymore. Like I'll go, I, I do a bit about... You know, Fourth of July, women get their toes painted with the American flags. I said, if you really want to mess with your nail technician, next time you go in there, put your foot up, go be like, "Hey, girl, I want a Vietnamese flag right here," because she's been waiting her whole life to do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, like she's never gotten a chance to do. Oh, honey, you want Vietnam? Y'all come here. Y'all come here. Y'all hear, hear what she say? She's been in a sketchbook for twenty-five years. Going someday, my dream will come. You know, <laughs> and she finally gets to do a, a flag. You know, or, or Vietnam toes. Just make sure you do Southern Vietnam because other. Otherwise, it's a commie toe. That is, yeah. <laughs> you don't want commie toe. <laughs> we will not have commie toe. 
But I'm like, I, you look, people come at me all the time. Good God, I was, I went after Mark Hamill. We were talking about Star Wars a little while ago. I went yeah. after Mark Hamill after he went after Ivanka Trump's kid, and and, and I was like, you know, like, you're not a good actor. Harrison Ford at least is a better actor, and people went nuts. Because I was picking on Luke Skywalker. It's wild to see these people when they get a taste of it, right? Like Mark Hamill was just doing, you know, working hard, getting by in Hollywood. Star Wars was in the rearview mirror. He was doing the voice of the Joker. He's the Mm -hmm. iconic Joker voice uh, for me from the animated series. So chugging right along. Then Star Wars came back and he made a couple of comments. And you can just see like like a like a like a, a crackhead. You know, like, ooh, they like it when I do this. I'm gonna, and then he just can't yeah. stop. He just yeah. can't stop. He's addicted to the response he gets and the the attaboys he's getting from everybody on the left. And like, it's it's messed up. Like, I'm a giant Star Wars fan. I'm a giant Star Wars fan. When somebody steps out like that, I'm like, dude, you're just ruining it. Yeah. You're just ruining. I can't imagine how my uncle felt every time he would see Jane Fonda. In a movie, right? Because like she was like, I had no response to that. But my uncle, he, he was like the real like, turn it off. Oh yeah, like, he just oh, yeah. Couldn't <laughs> was like that. I couldn't even watch the exercise videos when I was like thirteen. My family's still that way. <laughs> Jane Fonda is out still to this oh, day yeah, in yeah. my family. Yeah. And then Ted Turner by default, just because yeah. he had sex with her. Yeah. Like, he, <laughs> <laughs> like how far does it go? <laughs> Like, I don't want to watch a De Niro film. I loved it when he got shot. And, well, I can't talk about that movie. Oh, man. Other people De Niro, I think the, the, De Niro has always been kind of – this is horrible to say. I've always felt De Niro was incredibly overrated. Yeah. Incredibly overrated. Uh, De Niro's overrated. Pacino's overrated. Yeah. Like, that guy, he just has to be cashing these there big bad guys. They paid me to yell. <laughs> <laughs> they got lights in the room. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Totally overrated. Uh, da Vinci, the Beatles, a bunch of hacks. <laughs> a bunch of hacks. I mean, Star Trek only ran for three seasons. We're still watching that crap. Well, I'm not lumping in Da Vinci with De Niro. <laughs> I think like, you Da are. Vinci kind of invented things. Yeah, De Niro plays dude. make believe. Yeah, he's just he's, he's just pretty good, Michael. He, he yeah. had great. He had some great movies. Well, that's what I'm saying. Back in the 70s, but he, he also know. has played the same part in everything. everything. And I learned in an acting class. So did John time. Wayne, and I love that guy. So <laughs> don't you bring John Wayne up? That's what Are I'm you saying. Out of your freaking. <laughs> I'm talking about real thespians when you talk about John Wayne, Marion Morrison. <laughs> That's right. Hey, Absolutely. listen, I play dress up every day, so I can talk about this stuff. Yeah. Look, I, you, you talk about John, John Wayne. God, do I want to go here? Every time I bring up John Wayne, all of the trolls come out and they're like, you know, John Wayne was gay. No, like, what? Like, like, oh, oh yeah, they up. always come out. They're like, oh, yeah, he please. went to the he went to the bathhouses and he hung out at the parlors and blah blah blah. It's a it's an open secret in Hollywood. And I'm like, shut up. No, that's a great that's a great bit. Yeah. I mean, if like this if the, if this if the millennials knew who John Wayne was, John Wayne as a gay guy is. I, I want you to pull down your pants. <laughs> I mean, come on. Duh, huh? <laughs> I'm gonna come. On. I'm not gonna <laughs> screw you. I'm not gonna screw the hell I am. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna give you the duke. <laughs> Come here, Ron Howard. <laughs> Fill your hands with lead. <laughs> the shootest. <laughs> True grit. Yeah. Not so bad for a one-eyed fat man. <laughs> Rooster Cockburn. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Maybe they're onto something. Maybe they're onto something. Rooster that's, Cockburn. That's, that reminds me of like Eddie Murphy's classic bit. 
you know, that whole uh, – when he would do the, the, the honeymooners as gay. Yeah. Oh, and he just apologized for that. No. Like, I, he, did. he did. I swear he did because he's got a huge, like, $70 million deal with Netflix. Uh, Eddie Murphy's going to do stand up again. I'm totally stoked. I, I want to yeah. see what he has to say. What's he, you know, what's, and then, uh, but not if he's apologizing for stuff already. Yeah. He, ap- like he said he was in. young. He'd gone through a breakup. He wasn't in his right head. So he, he went through yeah. a breakup. So he started making fun of <laughs> Norton. Norton. <laughs> you know that I know. I know. Come that on. That I know. That, that, that's where, like, when I was a kid, and, and listening to that and listening to old prior, I you you memorized it. Dude, I every word, it. every yeah. nuance. Were like songs. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Mr. T, like when I was 12 years old, 11, <laughs> and he started talking about Mr. T taking it in the butt. You know, like, Come here, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Slow down. I'm going to crunch up my butt. <laughs> yeah, rip your dick off. Yeah, come on. <laughs> That's why I'm a comedian now because of Eddie Murphy. You can't uh-huh. apologize for that stuff. You're yes. ruining my dreams. Well, sorry I made everyone laugh. You know, people ask me all the time about influences, and I'm like, no question about it, Bill Cosby. I ran the needle through the records, the they final records. They were talking about records. comedy influences, Chef. No, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, life in general these days, not so much. But comedy, yeah, you know, because you're right. You can remember all the nuances and you can do the whole thing. Just recite back the record to the deal. But these days now you can't say anything because, you know. He was brilliant, dude. I mean, I he know was a brilliant he, comedian, I know a but bad obviously guy, it's like, but... that's one thing to apologize for. But to apologize for your comedy yeah, is a, is a whole other deal. It's a whole other deal. And the fact we live in a time where you have to, you feel like you have to. Yeah. Like, I wanted, to, I could not wait until... Five minutes ago when you said that. I couldn't wait to see Eddie Murphy's stand-up. But yeah. if he's already coming out and apologizing, he's not the same Eddie Murphy. Like, <laughs> the old Eddie Murphy in the blue-purple leather suit wouldn't apologize for anything. Nope. And I don't want, you know, woke, dumb down, woke, woke Eddie, and Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy. But, like, it doesn't matter how much you apologize. Unless Eddie's going to come out holding the hand of his gay boyfriend... On stage. Like, like, you can't be woke enough. You can't be that yes. woke after you've lived... In the early 80s yeah. and said what you said as Eddie Murphy. And because the people on the other side of the aisle, they're going to go, the damage is done. Yeah. You already did it. You did that. It was so hurtful. It was so mean. It was so mean-spirited. He'll never apologize enough. Ever, ever, ever enough. So, yeah, yeah there's never room for an apology. Anybody watching this, anybody listening to this, they'll all tell you they loved Carlin. They, they loved Pryor. They loved Murphy. Mm-hmm. They, they, I mean, you, you can list them off, and everybody in here will sit here and say, yeah, we loved it. We wish we could get back to that. We wish we could yeah. get back to that. Yeah. And that's why we realize there's 65 million people that voted for Donald Trump who are thick-skinned. I mean, I mean, come on. You had to be just to do this thing. There was a, there was a video making the rounds recently. It was of Carlin on uh, Larry King's show, back when Larry King had a thing on CNN. And Carlin was uh, talking smack about um, uh, hickory dickory dock. And then everybody's like using that as the example of like, see, George Carlin didn't like it. George Carlin said it was mean-spirited. George Carlin, da-da-da-da-da. But then like, of course, in classic, they don't play the whole clip. Yeah. Because Carlin does like, yeah, I think he's a misogynist. I think it's this and that. And then he goes on to say, but I defend his right to say it and for, you know, to my dying breath. Yeah. Somebody likes it. So there's room for everybody. This yeah. whole – I just – I don't dig the whole power trip of people like, like I'll decide who's offended. Right. What he said, you should be offended, you dummy. You're not even offended enough. I'll be offended for both of us and shame <laughs> on you for not knowing to be offended. Would you t- people talk about uh, – we've all heard like uh, white people problems. Like, this stuff is white people problems. Like, sitting around talking about, you know, you said this and he said that and I'm going to take the guilt for that and he should be sorry and he's not. There are people who are freaking starving. I went to Africa on a USO thing. There were kids eating stuff off the ground with, like, a goat. 
That's a problem. Sitting around trying to pick apart somebody's stand-up routine, you're, we, that's privilege. It really is. Our yeah. country is so spoiled, and we've gotten to a point where we think that what we say matters to everybody, and every single thing we do does this. And if you don't apologize for this, and if you say it like this, you're this. And we're going to put each other in all these things. Just It's disgusting. Let's go back to something you said a second ago, Loftus, about Twitter. Okay, you mentioned Mark Hamill. Mm-hmm. you got guys like Rob Reiner who's out there doing it. You've got um, uh, Tom What's his name? Uh, that was married to Rose Arnold. Hand, or Tom Arnold. Yeah. Same way. Who's just losing it? You got the um, the other Michael, the hard ass, the redheaded kid that thinks he's a uh, oh god. Danny Bonaduce. <laughs> no. He's on. He the thinks douche. he's a hard ass too. Um, and he's out doing a comedy thing. Oh gosh, Rappaport, Michael Rappaport. Oh yeah, he's yeah. doing it on there, and I think it's the same thing. You're right. You hit on something there. These guys, they get a little flicker of, of attention yeah. out of it, and these guys who have done nothing. Yeah. All of a sudden now they're like, hey, look, I'm relevant again. Now you got Alyssa Milano. They're doing these things, and everybody jumps on that. And they're like, look, I'm, I'm I found something that makes me relevant. Yeah, and people are paying attention to me. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I I really, and I'll say this about us in the room. There's something I think wrong with comedians, right? <laughs> yeah. Right, mentally, absolutely. Where like it, it makes me feel better when a room full of people laugh at something I just said. Like mm-hmm. literally, I, I I love it, and I want more of it. I want that all the time, like 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 a junkie. But at least I'm aware of it. I think there's a lot of like actors and like who wants to be an actor? Because you want a room full of you want that adoration. You want ooh, look at me. You did something good. You like yeah. me? Do you like me? And that's, Sally Field. That's, yeah. Yeah. You like me. You really like me. Yeah. And that's it, it drives them. And when they get that little hit, they're like, ooh, look at all the <coughs> likes that tweet got. Ooh, look at that. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep doing this and it's and, more of a live feeling, exactly. Yeah, I come from the music world and as a musician, I need that love about every three minutes. You do a song, and then I need that. As yeah. Comedians need it every 12 seconds. Yeah. Comedians are screwed up, man. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> we need this <laughs> affirmation. Where is it? And it's like, boom, 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 five times a minute. Yeah. You know? But the crazy well, thing coming out of the music world like that, like, you know what you're, you know what's coming. Like, I know when I do this song, and people love this song, and I hit this lick, and people love that, that riff. I know it's coming. There's something risky, though, when you're out there doing comedy because you're not playing necessarily the same note into every, every time. Right. It's, okay, is this going to hit? Is this going to work? Is a little bit more of a risk I, to it. So the, the masochism, in my opinion, of even doing that. I can tell you the difference between playing a song as a musician and doing comedy. The, the, playing a song is like eating a hamburger. Mm-hmm. Doing comedy is like butchering the cow. It's like a whole <laughs> different, scary thing that most people don't even know what goes on. And, and if they did, they wouldn't want to do it. Yeah. It's terrifying. It's it's not easy. Well, at all. We, we did a show in a, in a place to be named later that a couple of weeks ago where the crowd was kind of, yeah. And, and you had come out after Michael, and Michael, God bless him, had a dead microphone, first of all. <laughs> so he had to climb out. I mean, dude, put yourself in front of several hundred people, and you're trying to talk to him, and the microphone doesn't work. This is what you were up against. Yeah. You pull them out. They're laughing. But you can still feel like, I don't know if the lights were too bright in the room, and people are just self-conscious. And you're on stage, and you're killing it. And, he, and you're still like, hey, come on! You know? And, and it was... Yeah. And, and Sometimes you, I do play cheerleader a little bit. Well, you have and, to. and it's like, that's part... Yeah. But that's part of the music thing, too. It's easier yeah. to do with, with guitar and a song. It's not, uh, there, it's just more up naturally. Yeah. And so there's more of an upbeat kind of feel to it. And so, yeah. So I, and I don't mind that at all. I like it, actually. I don't mind building a fire under them. And yeah. No, to get the crowd up, you know. Well, I'm glad you do it. 
Yeah, me, no, me too. Me too. Yeah. We did a show. They had moved. We were supposed to do a show in Buffalo, New York, early in the week. They moved it to the end of the week, and they moved it into a different venue. So it killed our crowd, right? Oof. So we're we're in this basically a, a music venue, you know, and there's like what. 76 people, maybe 110 people that are in this thing, but it, it's just, they're just spaced out. And I'm like, I'm about to mail in an hour and get the hell out of here. <laughs> I don't care if they laugh. I don't care what happens. I'm mailing in this hour, and I am out of here. And you get into something like that, and you're like, oh, God, that was brutal. That was brutal. But it's the same It's the same deal. I mean, you're just putting yourself out there. And there is something weird about that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's crazy. There's like when you know a joke just crushes, when you know, like, okay, this this next one coming up, this is home run derby. It's a home run ball. Boom. And you release the joke, and then it gets a, and the crowd's like, no, that wasn't a home run. That was a double. You're like, okay, here we go. Yeah. Now, now we're going to yeah. work a little bit. Yeah. yeah. But that's the thing. So not only are, are you, you have comedians who are willing to put themselves out there, and you think of Chappelle's recent special and Burr's recent special that got a lot of critical acclaim and a lot of criticism. Mm -hmm. And so you're willing to do that. But you take what we're talking about doing with this Freedom to Laugh tour, and you're going out, and you're willing to really go against the grain because in the world and culture of quote-unquote comedy today, we're anathema. We're accursed. I mean, we don't – we shouldn't exist. They don't – how dare we yeah. come out there and even talk anything about positivity when it comes to Donald Trump or the right or anything because you immediately you, – you should be labeled sexist, misogynist, xenophobe, racist, you know, all of these different things. Yeah, which is what I love about our show. Yeah. Which is what I love about the Freedom to Laugh show. It's not, it's not like hate speech. There's nothing – we're not – like politically incorrect is like, hey, now we're not attacking anybody. Right. It's really got a positive, upbeat, uh, fun message. And like, if there's something that the left and the liberal media does not want to exist, it's it's this. Yeah, they want yeah. they want to go. Okay, you're all racist and homophobes and and mean spirit and blah blah blah. blah the, the list of negative things. So just four dudes out there having a good time. Just yeah. like let's have a couple drinks and laugh at this ridiculousness. It's it, it, yeah. They do not want this to exist. No, but it's going to exist. Oh yeah, we're making it exist. Yeah, yeah. Even the powers that be, Hollywood, <laughs> like our people that are on our team, like yeah. that work with us. They, they, they're like, I don't know if this is a good idea. You're just putting a bigger target on your back. I am in the studio that is on my Glenn freaking back. <laughs> the target is on my back. <laughs> Ted Cruz will be in the building in a few minutes. <laughs> The target's on my back. It, it's already there. You might as well steer into the curve. Yeah. I think I think that everyone who leans to the right in Hollywood, and there's a boatload of them, and you have watched their specials, you've laughed at their jokes, you love their shows, you love their TV shows, they're all just kind of waiting to see if someone can do something like this oh, yeah. and have it be a success. Yeah. And then, man, it'll be like microwave popcorn. It'll just be like, I voted for him too. Pop, 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 pop. Me too, me too. I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. Da -da 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 -da. Nobody wants socialism. Nobody, nobody, no one in America wants socialism. A, a system that fails every time. We should never stop making fun of that. It's ridiculous. Yeah. The fact that Bernie has the, I'm going to come with the, 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 that's, the guy's an idiot. He's an absolute <laughs> idiot. Like, I, I still can't get over that. Like, Venezuela, that's how you do it, baby. Venezuela, get the money to the people. They're eating out of garbage cans. Well, you know what? They weren't really socialism. That really wasn't true, Captain. I can't stand it. You got to make fun of that guy every time yeah. you get it. You turn it around. Yeah. There, there's a lot of comedians. I know more comedians than actors or anything. There's a lot of comedians who I see them put stuff on Twitter, and I'm like, you don't believe that. 
Right. I've sat with you and, oh, yeah. and talked. Oh, sure. You are a hundred times more conservative than that, dude. That is plan it's pandering. They're just playing into the yeah, well, Bernie I, or people pick like some off shoot candidate to, that means nothing, has no chance of winning. So they look like they're kind of in the middle. They're fluttering oh, yeah. around in the liberty. I'm a libertarian. What is liberty? Explain that. They don't even know what it means. It no. means that I don't want to tell you who I vote for because I'm conservative. Right. So instead of saying I'm conservative, I'll go. Oh, I'm. Right. So I'm, I'm saying I'm spiritual. Yeah. That means I'm spiritual. <laughs> that means I'm not whatever religion you are. So just leave me alone. Yeah. Right. It's the same thing. But it's not a. Uh, you guys are no. You're not a stranger to the publicity, and you're not a stranger to the Hollywood crowd. Or, I mean, you got guitar guy who's toured all over the world with Dunham, Jeff Dunham, and Papa Gates, the father of Sinister Gates, with Avenged Sevenfold, Guitar Magazine, Guitar World Magazine, or whatever, whichever one ranks your son like what the 86th greatest guitar player of all time, right? Something like that. I mean, you, you got you're no stranger to it. You tour with Blue Collar and Larry the Cable Guy and these guys. Loftus has been all over the place. He's on Fox News these days, doing everything on the from the five to everything else, and writing for major network television shows, and, and has had his own stand up career. Plenty of crowds out. I mean, you know, guys have done this stuff. Do you feel like it's <laughs> – do you feel – at this stage in the game, after seeing what you've seen in that body of work, do you feel like there's hope for comedy? Do you feel like there's hope to be able to bring it back and say, screw it, we're going to say what we're going to say because we feel like it's funny? I think the ship has already come in for that. I think the tide has already turned. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's crazy because you know we were out here. We were doing shows for a while, and then – uh, Chappelle released his, and then Bill Burr released his. So they're kind of sucking up the oxygen, like, ooh, look how brave, look how. And I'm like, and, and to those guys, I'm like, welcome aboard. Yeah. yeah. You know, welcome we aboard. We're already doing it. But yeah. that's what, because I don't know when you guys first started telling jokes who was popular, but like, I remember I had been in comedy for a little while, and then everyone wanted to be Bill Hicks. And there was a bunch of like little Bill Hicks clones running around. So I have to think that there's comedy clubs across America that are full of like Dave Chappelle clones right now and Bill Burr clones. So at least they're going to emulate those guys. You know, ooh, that's my comedy hero. Yeah. So I'm going to say dangerous things as well. And I just think so, – so there's like a whole generation of comics who just started and they're just going to keep bubbling up. Yeah. I, I have I have nothing but I think the future of comedy is going to be glorious. It's not, it sounds glorious. weird, but like I never thought about that as, as being a comedian. But like I'm kind of proud to be a comedian. I never felt like that. I've been doing this 25 years. I was never like I am really proud of being a comedian. But as I look at people stomp all over freedom of speech, I'm like, damn it, we are doing something that's pretty good. Yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, that's I, right. I didn't. I never. I, I never felt like I was doing something important. Doing it for me. You know, <laughs> I, hey, I get free booze at that place. You see that waitress? Yeah, right. I'm gonna keep coming back here. I never was like, I am proud of what turns, I'm doing. Turns out, I'm brave. Yeah, <laughs> I am the bravest man. I well, though. <laughs> to, to add to that, to dig deeper into that, it's the type of comedy you're doing, too. It's not just proud to be a comedian because you could be doing relationship jokes, hacky stuff, and who cares? But yeah. you're being honest about stuff that uh, that's kind of hard to say sometimes. And that, yeah. and you should be proud of that. That's just, oh, this is career of suicide. I, yeah. I, have no, I have no doubt about it. The Carnival Cruise Lines don't even want you. My, my yeah. days of TV are done. <laughs>
Except for the Blaze, which I really am having yeah, no, a good we time. We love you, Glenn Beck. <laughs> yeah. Coming for you, Beck. No, you're right. Because, okay, so Hollywood, we were having this conversation on the car ride yesterday, Reno. It, Hollywood used to be you went out, you did the clubs, New York, L.A., Chicago. You were edgy. Maybe you got a little piece on Saturday Night Live or some spots somewhere on a sitcom. And then, you know, you break in Hollywood and now they give you a show or something like that. Or maybe you're making a movie and that kind of deal. And, this, and so even even Hollywood in a big way looks at things from a perspective that really is a dead entity at this point. You can't – does it still happen? Yeah, to some. But it's not um, – you you got a bigger and bigger audience, and now you're a Dennis Miller. You know now you've got this bigger crowd. Now you're on SNL, and you can kind of write your own. Well, there's deal no Johnny Carson pulls you over to the couch. Yeah, exactly. You know there's, what I mean? I mean, Kimmel, no... like right now, Kimmel, I think has two stand-ups a year on. Yeah. So yeah. they're not doing that anymore. Conan might still every now and then. He, you know, Conan will bring some stand-ups on to do a minute, but that's it. You don't have that Dude, that my, deal anymore. My kids don't watch TV. Yeah. Like, they'll watch TV shows, but they don't go, oh, the show's on at 8 o'clock. I need to catch it. Or, yeah. you know, on Thursday nights, I watch this. They can watch whatever they want at the tap of time. Yeah. Hollywood is slowly becoming obsolete yeah. in a lot of ways. I mean, other than the huge movie part and having studios and things like that. But, I mean, people are making stuff on their own now that's just on. Well, we're on it right now. Yeah. Well, yeah. you've got and okay, and I'm not going to mention details, but I mean, you're writing for a, a deal with a streaming network now mm -hmm. with a major major star, yeah, and that you've worked with for years, and and you're like, I don't even know how this works with this type of a network right yes. now. You know, you have those things, yeah, the the, the nuts and bolts of yeah. it, but like, it's an exciting time. I, I I'm one of those guys that I think we're living in the golden age of television. There's so much good stuff everywhere. It's hard to catch up with it all. And while yeah, there's no Johnny Carson that can like. I dub the famous. Yeah. There's people who are just like popping off of YouTube and popping oh, yeah. off of other services. And that's where that's the kind of the bummer of it now, knowing that that Facebook, Google and YouTube are putting the tamp down on mm. things. And it's harder for people to grow organically. But, man, there's and it's been great for capitalism. It's been great. Like the more little experiments you can have going on, the, the better we are. That's what literally what I love about the, the Republic. We have 50 little experiments going on. Who's doing it better? And so I love that there's like all these streaming services and people like if you have a, if you have a phone and an idea, man, you could just get in your truck, have your dog in the back seat, and the next thing you can have your own. <laughs> what? Next what? thing you know, you're running a dozen businesses. <laughs> Fantastic! <laughs> Look at the studio, mom. Party time, mom. King uh, of the world. I mean, you know, good God, it's, it's fantastic. It, it really is. It's crazy, and that's exactly where I came from because I was doing a cable television show. And I thought, hey, I could get on social media and build my own TV network, so to speak. I yeah. can put whatever content I want. And I knew then that Zuckerberg was wanting Facebook to become the next YouTube, which it never will be. But that's what he wanted. And he was giving a lot of credence to video content. I was like, well, screw it. I'll just pop off right here in the Walmart parking lot and, <laughs> and go at it, you know. And, yeah. and then, you know, two and a half billion views later on Facebook alone, Boom. it's you know, here we are all sitting and you're doing these things. And you're right. The more experiments that you can have, the better off it is. There's a guy on on YouTube that uh, there's a, some friends of mine in in Los Angeles. This, this woman works uh, at a makeup factory, 
Uh, they they literally like make this dude. Oh, what's his name? But he had a, a YouTube uh, homosexual gentleman uh, had a YouTube video about how to apply makeup, all this stuff. Invented his own like lipstick or whatever. Borrowed five thousand dollars from a friend. Goes to this makeup. Hey, if I gave you this and this and this, and she like had you know like yeah, I'll work with you. Let's do it. Let's do it. And like boom. Instantly sold out that initial $5,000 run of makeup, just went bam like that. And now this guy's got an empire, like yeah. a giant multi-million dollar. It's good for everybody. It is. And that's what America's supposed to be. You Like, yeah. you make those videos, it's not just you sitting there. It's a lot of work. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you put, it's like you say with writing. I don't want to give your secret away, but you were like, people don't do it. They talk about it a lot. They say they're going to do it. <laughs> You say you don't want to give the secret away. You know what I mean? People won't put the work in. They'll go, oh, that. People think stand up's like that. Oh, that's easy. That guy just gets up there. Everybody. I know. That's the great catch 22 of stand up. The great catch 22 of stand up is the best people make it look so easy. They've put in so much hard work that it looks easy. Right. And then people go, oh, that looks easy. I'll yeah. do that. I can and then they find out it's work. Do that. Have you ever brought somebody up on stage? Like when somebody will say something and be like, come up here and do this. Oof, about no. 15 years ago. I'm like, they freeze up. Like, there's not, you know, like, come up here. Okay, you do it. You, you tell the jokes. Yeah. And they're like, whoa, <laughs> mom. Yeah. You know, and it's like, not, you can be, not. you can be funny yeah. and you can, you can be a good writer and you can be funny and, and you can buy jokes from people and do all that stuff. The one thing that you can't fake is stage time. Yeah. You got to have a buttload of stage time. And if you've got your 10,000 hours or even say 500 hours of stage time and you're comfortable in any situation, that's 90% of it yeah. right there. Now it's just a matter of getting the material, which you, like I said, you can even buy if you don't want to write yourself, but that stage <laughs> time, you can't, you can't fake that. You yeah. got to have that experience to pull it off. I agree, man. I don't have that experience, but I'm I'm working on, <laughs> I'm working on those hours right now. Come watch us work on some hours. We're going to get some stage time. Come That's out. right. Brea, California at the Improv, Ontario, California this week. The next two nights. Come on out. You can get information. FreedomToLaughTour.com. You can find these guys. Brian Hainer.com. RenoCollier.net. The Loftus Party. L-O-F-T-U-S. TheLoftusParty.com. Check them out. And they're all over the place doing all kind of great things. Funny, funny guys. Incredibly talented individuals. And talented individuals that I'm proud to call my friends. Thankful for you guys. I really am. And uh, let me tell you something. Follow them on social media. Keep up with everything that's going on. And come find us out there. We're going into 2020 with with both, with both all of our balls hanging out right there. Okay? That's what we're going to do. Just going to look at my sack. This is... <laughs> let me put these on first. Yeah, okay. put on. The golden glow. This is the golden age of testicles. <laughs> and we're going to let them all hang out. Party time, Mom. Hang out with us. Come on. Find us on tour. We love y'all. We'll talk to you next time. For these guys, thank you very much. We'll talk to you. Bye.